Hi, this is Pastor Stephen. I am the pastor of New Beginning Church in Singapore. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this podcast will build your faith. Hope you grow deeper in the word of the Lord and know Him personally in much deeper way. Enjoy the message. God bless you. Hello, hope you are ready for the Word of God. I am excited to speak to you today. This month, our church focused on our own personal transformation. Our own personal transformation. God wants to deal with each and every one of us so He can take from where you are right now to where He wants you to be. And the way we start personal transformation journey is by looking at our core values, our church core values, what we believe in. As a church, we believe we should be faithful first and foremost. We should be faithful. We should be full of integrity. We should be gracious, humble, teachable, and spirit-led. So this week, I want to I want to speak to you. I want to focus on being gracious. We should be transformed day by day to be more gracious to people around us, to people around us, not only just people close to us, but to people who we do not want to be around with. You know, the common syndrome for us, for most Christians in the church today, towards the people outside the church, the unchurched people, the unbeliever or the people that we don't like is we think we are better than them we are better than them we think I am better than him we think I'm better than her we think I'm better than them I am not perfect I admit but I am better than him he did this but I didn't do that I don't do that she did that but I don't so I conclude I am I conclude I am better than them. You know this could be happening even within the church. We are like placing a measuring stick to people around us, thinking that I am better than them. I am better than her. I am better than him because I do this stuff but they don't. So I'm thinking I'm better than them because I don't do this stuff, that stuff but they do so i judge i judge them they're worse than me they should do this and they should do that and as a person though we join the church though we are the church we become like the prodigal son's brother who judge the shortcoming of our own brothers who are coming back repenting in the process of transformation we are like measuring ourselves to be higher than other people but the truth is whether you think you are far away from God or you think you are so close to God we all need the same grace of God let me read to you Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 that says for for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that, so that we would walk in them. 
Let me read to you the message version. Now God, the message version, now God has us where He wants us. With all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all His idea and all His work. All we do is to trust Him enough to let Him do it. It is God's gift from what? From start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'll probably go around bragging that we've done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and saving. God does both the making and saving. What does it mean? The both the saving, salvation, and the transformation of our life. We don't do anything about it. We just trust Him with it. So, church, the end result is either we boast about ourselves or we boast about God's goodness. Either we become judgmental or become gracious to others. You know, the person who thinks that I am better than anyone, better than them, any be- anyone better than, think that I'm better than him, than her, is the person who judge others. And also the one who go around bragging that he had done the whole thing by himself. I know that all have fall short of the glory of God, but hey, I don't fall short as much as you, as her, as him. But wait a minute, by whose standard are we judging them? So the what's end up happening instead of building bridges to the people who are in the process of transformation whom God is still doing the making and the saving in their life what we end up doing is we burn we burn bridges by judging them we judge we judge them by the way we look by the words we say and by the way we treat them so so today I want to speak to you about the grace to be gracious. The grace to be gracious. The grace to be gracious. Just as I shared to you last two weeks about faith and faithfulness, we need faith to be faithful. Today, we need to get the foundation right first. That is, we need the grace of God to be gracious. We need the grace of God to be gracious. We need to be touched transformed by the grace of God in order for us to be gracious to others. Let me give you a definition of grace. Grace is the undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor and goodness of God. I love this. Grace grace is the undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor and goodness of God. So, if you think that you deserve the grace of God, then it is not the grace. It is based on your merit. If it is based on your performance, then it is not the grace of God. If it is earned, you think you have earned the grace of God, then it is not the grace of God. Grace is something that you can ask for it, something that you can plead for it. But the minute you think you deserve it, then it is no longer grace because it is not something that you have earned. So if we claim that we deserve the grace of God, it voids the grace of God in our life. So for this reason, for this reason, grace can only be experienced 
by those who acknowledge that they are the undeserving people. So I want to share with you today how to be gracious, alright? How to be gracious. First one, how to be gracious. The first point is we need to grow in grace. Growing in grace. That's my first point. We need to grow in grace just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. We need to grow in grace. If grace only covers the forgiveness of sin, why would Jesus need to grow in grace? Because I found this in Luke. In Luke chapter 2, verse 40, found this passage that says, The child, Jesus, grew more powerful in grace. He grew more powerful in grace. If grace only about the forgiveness of sin, why would Jesus, who is without sin, grew in grace? Think about it. Jesus is without sin. But why would Jesus grow more powerful in grace? Because we need to grow in grace to begin with, to be gracious. So, from the very beginning, the topic of grace, the church has had an easy relationship with grace. It is the misunderstanding of grace that make us feel or we, mess, we make us think as if grace allows people to get by with their wrongdoings. Even some pastors, preachers, evangelists would imply in their message to be against preaching too much of grace. It's like we have to put a certain dosage to grace allowed to be given to the patient, to the people. More than that, it will be hyper-grace. Where the truth is, the Bible says we need to be full of grace just like Jesus. The question is how to be full of grace when we feed grace in dosage to the people, limit the grace, the knowledge of grace, the truth about grace to the people. Well, the people in the church will end up become the Pharisee of today, judging the people coming back to God, just like the elder brothers of the prodigal son, thinking, hey, I am better than them. The truth is when God will leave the 99 for the one lost sheep because Jesus didn't die only for the church people. Jesus died for the entire world. We read that in 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. So grace is not blind towards sin. Grace acknowledge the full implication of sin and yet does not condemn the sinner, does not condemn the actor. Grace accept, sets free and elevates the sinners. Let me give you an example of the prostitute who caught in the act of adultery. She was brought to Jesus by, by who? By the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees. How many times Jesus stooped down, stooped down in that story? Let me tell you, Jesus stooped down twice from standing position to the lower position. Stooped down twice. Alright? The first time is to wrote to write in the dust. I believe the writing the names of the people who brought the woman, the adulterous woman. Cause because all of them, all of them ended up leaving the scene. How can they cut the woman 
in the act of adultery and only the woman was brought to Jesus. What about the men? Where was he? So were they really searching for the adulterous woman or were they having session with the woman? Ah, This is what Jesus did. He stooped down twice. First, is to show grace to the people who brought the woman who probably they were guilty too. Not without sin. They were not without sin. They left the place. This is what I believe Jesus wrote in the dust. He wrote, name, go, and sin no more. Name, and go, and sin no more. Matthias, go, and sin no more. Jonathan, go, and sin no more. Jordan, go and sin. And Jesus took down the second time from standing position to where the woman, the adulterous woman was. Where are your accusers? Said Jesus. Where are your accusers? Did, didn't even one of them wants to punish you, condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I go and sin no more. So, both the teachers of the law, the Pharisees, and the woman need the same grace of God. They both need the same grace of God. Grace recognizes the sin. Grace doesn't turn a blind eyes. But grace does not punish, stoop down to our level, accept of who we are, and elevate us. That's what grace does. Why? so we can be gracious to others too amen so the question is why do we need to grow in grace why do we need to grow in grace because only when we experience the abundance of god's grace we have the power to be gracious to the undeserving when we receive the abundance of god's grace we have the power to be gracious to the people that we don't like, to the people that we think they are worse than us. Amen. So, next one, I want to bring to you what I notice in the Bible. Okay, there is a great power being associated with great grace. Let me repeat to you. I notice there is a great power being associated with great grace. So, in other words, when we see grace, grace is power. Let me show to you Acts chapter 4, verse 33. Acts 4, 33, right? My, with great power, the apostle gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon the Lord. When there is great power, there is a great grace that's upon them. And the next one, the next one, Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse nine. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. When there is grace, there is power of God. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest 
in on me. In another words, in another words, we need more grace. We need more power to be gracious to the undeserved. So there is this direct connection, direct connection between grace and power, grace and power for believers, for all of us. It is the grace of God that gives us the power, the power to be gracious to others. By ourselves, we can do it. By our flesh, we can do it. We fail, but through the grace. Grace enable us to be gracious to others. How to be gracious? We need to grow and experience the grace of God, the abundance grace of God. The second point: how to be gracious. The second one is number two. Supposed to be number two. There, paying the grace forward. We cannot pay back the grace of God. We cannot pay back the love, the love of God. We can only pay. The grace of God forward by being gracious to others, Amen, Church. So, since we cannot pay back the grace of God, being gracious is paying forward God's goodness into the life of the undeserving. To the undeserving. All right. This is. Let me read to you what Andy Stanley says in his book. All right. Andy Stanley say this. The next one, sorry. Next one. Grace is what I need most when my guilt is exposed, but it is the very thing I'm hesitant to extend when I'm confronted with the guilt of others. Right. In other words, grace is what I need the most when I'm guilty, but. Grace also is the very thing I. I'm 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 disturbed to extend to others when others is guilty. So that's what Andy Stanley says, in his book. Matthew chapter eighteen verse twenty one is a story about how we need to be gracious to people. Let me read to you the story. It's quite lengthy. Do follow up with me. Matthew chapter eighteen, verse twenty one. The story that says here, Peter came to Jesus and asked, "Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times?" "No, not seven times," Jesus replied, "but seventy times seven. Seventy times seven. Church, it's not seven times. It's not seventy-seven times. It's seventy times seven. Meaning, it's four hundred ninety times a day." In other words, unlimited. We need to forgive our brothers who sins against us. Let's continue chapter first twenty two. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his account up to date with servant who had brought money from him, who borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in, brought in who owed him million dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife. His children and everything he owned to pay the debt. Okay, but the man fell down before his master and begged him and begged him, "Please be patient with me. I will pay it all." Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. 
Next one. But when the man left the king, he met he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars, just a few thousand dollars, compared to how he owed the master, the king. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Hey, be patient with me. I will pay, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. The next one, verse 31. When some of the other servants saw this, they were upset. They were so upset. They went to the king and told everything that had happened. The king called the man and had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my father's heavenly fathers will do to you to us if we refuse to forgive our brothers and sisters from our heart. God will do the same thing if we don't forgive our brothers. Alright, church. So, when we are on the receiving end, when we are on the receiving end, let's next one, when we are on the receiving end, grace is a relief. When it is required of us to pay the grace forward, it is often bothering, bothering. Right, so let me give you the definition of graciousness now. Graciousness is a character born from a true understanding and real experience of God's grace. It's a character born from our understanding of God's grace and our real experience of God's grace. So this is what A.R. Bernard says, don't judge church people don't judge every next one every every sin every sin has a past and every sinners has a future so we should be rigorous in judging ourselves and should be gracious in judging others that's what john wesley says that's what john wesley says the church is not a museum of a museum of good people but it is a hospital for the broken people who are still being transformed renewed reborn by the love of god it's not a club of loving people it might looks ugly in how they behave sometimes right in our eyes but that's what the church is church is the community of the lost being captured reborn renewed transformed by love we should don't we shouldn't judge them but we should be gracious to the people who are still struggling who are still transforming being transformed by the love of god amen you know this this is true this is this is the church people are the people who are still in the progress who are still in the progress in the process of transformation it might look ugly to our eyes and we need to understand that every person's progress is different i can't use myself as a standard i cannot use myself as a measuring stick to judge people i can use my progress to judge or look down on others 
people's progress on transformation. This is this is true from the time of the church in the Bible. In the Act 15, the Jewish people in the church had made it difficult for the people who are coming back to God. Let me read to you James 15 verse 5. Acts 15 verse 5. This is what the, Gen the, the, the Pharisees says. The Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the law of Moses. Unless you are circumcised, you cannot be saved. Unless you are circumcised, you cannot be saved. My question to you is, how many of you are not circumcised today? And you are not, and you, and you know, you know you are safe today. How many of you are not circumcised today and you know that you are safe today? Because according to the text, if you are not circumcised, you cannot be saved. So, Peter and James, who convinced the Jewish people who said this, he said, we need to be gracious. And they said this a few verses afterwards. Acts chapter 15, verse 9. Okay, I want you to watch this. Take a look at this. First, Peter reasoned, Peter reasoned, Jesus made no distinction between us and the Gentile and them, the Gentiles. For Jesus purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the disciples a yoke that neither we nor our fathers have been able to bear? In another words, in other words, Peter was saying, Hey, my Jewish friend, we ourselves don't don't keep all the law that well. It is a yoke that we would happy to get rid ourselves. So why burden the Gentiles, the unbelievers with that? No, we believe it is through the grace of Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. So when Peter finished, it is James' turn to speak. James advised to the people of the church. They say this, Acts chapter 15, verse 19. The next one, verse 19, James said, Let's quit making it difficult for those who are returning to God. Let's make it, let's stop, let's quit making it difficult for those who are returning to God. In other words, let's make God's grace accessible to everyone. After all, it is not your grace, it's not my grace, it is God's grace. It's for everybody who believe. Our part as a church, as believers, as the recipient of God's grace, is not to judge, but our part as the recipient of God's grace is to be gracious to the undeserving. When we are, when we are gracious, next, when we are gracious, we are more and more like, we are more and more unlike the Pharisee, but we are more and more like Jesus. Okay, this is beautiful. Okay, when we are gracious, we are more and more unlike the Pharisees who judge, but we are more and more like Jesus who is graceful gracious elevate us with his grace and that's what i believe a personal transformation is from a person who 
is judge full of judgment okay judgmental to become a person who is gracious just like Jesus amen when we are gracious we become more like Jesus amen church let's pray father we thank you Lord for the word of God that have been scattered through this sermon thank you for the grace of God that's been gracious to us changing us transform us it is the same grace that saved us it's the same grace that transform us inside out teach us to be gracious to others as we grow in grace give us the power the grace to be gracious to others to the people that is around us not only the people that is close to us but the people that we think they don't deserve our forgiveness thank you lord jesus teach us to be more and more like jesus to be gracious in jesus mighty name let's lift both our hands and receive the blessing from the heavenly let's the love of the father the grace of lord jesus christ the anointing and the fellowship of the holy spirit will be upon all of us now and forever today and tomorrow in jesus mighty name and all god's people says amen amen happy sunday and god bless you thank you for joining us hope you have been blessed this podcast is made possible by generous giving people like you if you want to support us please visit us at www.nbcsingapore.org www.nbcsingapore.org God bless you.